Hey, this is Rust Belt Baggage, a podcast about true crime and paranormal activity in the Rust Belt of America. I'm your host, Ariel. And I'm Andrea. Two peeps from Buffalo, New York. Come unpack with us. The only thing Ariel has told me about her story is that it's spooky, and I'm excited. We got some spooks here. I really had no idea what to do a story on. I was like, I feel like it should be something festive. There is a little bit of a of a Christmas me Christmassy <laughs> festive element in here. Okay, so I even though I just excuse. made Ariel watch a movie. That was very Hallmarky Christmassy. Oh my God. Love hard. It was really good. It was so good. I loved it. It was really good. I'm <laughs> not like necessarily crying. someone who like is super into the Christmas festiveness, even though I want to be. Does that make sense? That movie mm-hmm. is really good. And um like no, if you it's it's way better than any Hallmark movie that I end up watching. But um Oh my god, it was so funny. It was good. I, I was laughed, like laughing hysterically. I, cried, I <laughs> Same. wanted to be in love. Uh, it was good. It's it's funny. Me and my friend the other day on Thursday or Wednesday night, we went to like the Dollar Tree and got all this Christmassy stuff. And then we just sat and we decorated these like tiny little foot tall white Christmas trees. <laughs> and we were like, I feel like we need some like uh, comfort right now or something. It was so fun. And our trees are so cute. I'll post my tree on our like Instagram or something. Nice. Because I'm like. It is cute. I really do like it. That's like the most Christmassy I'll get. I have another tree that is like another fake plastic tree that. Hey, Radiohead. That I'm going to put up and it's going to be a Halloween Christmas tree. Ooh, I like that. I usually put my little skull on the top of it. I might decorate for for Christmas this year. I haven't in a really long time, but it feels appropriate. I don't really have that many decorations to begin with in my house. So we'll... I bumped the mic again. We're going to start working on that. Yes. All right. Let's unpack this story. Let's unpack. I decided to do something close to home, and it was something I was, like, thinking about because I really wanted to go here um, this past uh, Halloween uh, to check it out. So I'm going to do a a little itty-bitty story on the Genesee County Poor Farm, uh, sometimes called Genesee County Poor House, or the Rolling Hills Asylum. Huh. Are you I don't think I have ever heard of that. Really? Huh. I'm surprised that I have not heard of that at all, but like <laughs> I don't think I have You're even like how dare heard you? Of that. You made this up, didn't you? It's a um, thing. Cool. I'm excited. But I mean, I'm seeing crows flying into my window, so who knows at this point. They really did fly into my window at least one of them. Um oh, baby. So Genesee County uh, Poorhouse or Rolling Hills Asylum, as it is now called. So this is in East uh, Bethany, New York. So this is in Genesee County. Um, so kind of where like Genesee meets like Wyoming County. It's about 50. Well, Google Maps says 57 minutes um, on the I-90 East from us. So that'd be south kind of southeast a little bit southeast from us uh it's about 43 minutes south um or i mean yeah southeast from us it's about 43 minutes southeast of rochester no it's (laughs) northeast of us it's southwest of rochester right yes thank you typo directions it is it is late on a saturday so here we go anyway Genesee County Poorhouse. You may know it as Rolling Hills Asylum. They do Halloween tours every year. Um, They sell merchandise. It's a whole kind of little little consumer thing right now, a little touristy thing. Cool. So it's at uh, Bethany Center Road and uh, Raymond Road. Uh, Before it was the 
uh, Rolling Hills Asylum uh, or the Genesee County Poorhouse. It was an old stagecoach inn. So we're like, you know, boop bopping your little horse along. Some and you, horse stables and stuff. Yeah, you got to just like okay. chill your little horse or something, like take a break, like a truck stop type thing, I'm pretty yeah. sure. I have um, an image in my mind, and I don't think I can describe it with words, but um, I am visualizing it for sure. Yes. Um, and I have a, a picture here I'm going to try to describe a little bit. It's about uh, when it became Genesee County Poor Farm. Uh, it was about 53,000 square feet and 200 acres of land that they had. Uh, but like looking at the uh, actual like asylum, to me, it's it's kind of small, okay. which is kind of crazy for the amount of people that uh, came in and out of there. It's near Genesee uh, County Park. Um, so it's kind of near like this like really big forest, which is kind of creepy to me to have this like asylum just like next to these woods is like I'm like, I want to even... know the first thought that I had when you said that. Yes. Remember in 2016 or 2017 when everyone was thinking we were all going to be attacked by clowns coming out of the woods? <laughs> Stop. OK, so there were clowns that were wild in. <laughs> like there that was my third first thought <laughs> there were legit clown people dressed as clowns that were doing fucked up shit i, I that must have been when it was yeah i think it was around it was like when, 2016 it was when i was living in bennington vermont i remember that because me and my roommate tom were like what the fuck is happening right now i think i'm gonna do an episode little tiny tangent i think i'm gonna do an episode on clowns one day do it and kind of the like psychology and just the culture behind like why they became this um creepy sort of creepy thing right um i have a porcelain clown doll that was probably made like it sometime in like probably like the 1930s or 1940s that was my grandfather's it's not haunted but it is also a music box Whoa. Okay, oh, God. so my porcelain clown doll. Oh, I booped the microphone again. I'm so bad. But um, so these were actually super popular. Um, like in the early like 1900s. Um, his name is actually Bozo, which I discovered recently because I got a phone that allows me to take pictures of things, and then Google searches the picture, and I found all these other ones. I was like. But it was my grandpa's and my grandpa really loved clowns. Like growing up, like he had a whole china cabinet full of, of fucking clowns. And so growing up, like they weren't weird to me. And I remember the first time because I, I don't know what to do with Bozo. So but he's like in my possession. Right. Yeah. He's an heirloom. So I'm like, all right, I got to do something with this guy. And I like I had him out in my apartment. And like I remember like the first person that saw it was like, what the fuck? They're like, I'm leaving. I'm like, what? He's both. It's a clown. I They're don't know like, if I've seen it. And I didn't know clowns were that creepy until people started commenting on my bozo. I'll show you. He's in my bedroom. He sits okay. and watches me sleep. What it's the not weird. Fuck is wrong with you. <laughs> He's a legit music box. <laughs> I love him. Okay. I love him. Anyway, back to Rolling Hills Asylum. Now, uh, just keep in mind, I'm going to say Rolling Hills Asylum just because more people know it is that. And it kind of rolls off the tongue a little easier. Um, But really, it was known as the Genesee County Poorhouse or Poor Farm. So Rolling Hills Asylum, um, little history about this. So in 1824, you know, in the early 1800s, a lot of times like, you know, you would have people who maybe were uh, had mental health conditions or substance use disorders, children who had lost their parents, um, basically people who need some kind of support were just kind of just left to kind of just, you know, they didn't have support. Yeah. Um, And so in 1824 um, in Albany, there was actually an act signed that counties rather than like individual towns themselves um, would be like technically like responsible for uh, people that they would call like needy right okay um or disadvantaged um and now this act said okay the county is responsible so it's moving it up like to another level of government eventually of course in like the 1930s it became the federal government um responsibility but for now around 1824 now they're like okay counties are responsible so they would call these places poor houses um because they were like poor people we're gonna put them in this house you know you have a lot of sides to that you know part of it was you know we don't want them to die in the street but also 
a big part of it too was like we don't want them to be an inconvenience for yeah. other people, right? I feel like um, so we're gonna put them away. I feel like that happens so much, and it's is still happening so much, particularly mm-hmm. in the Northeast. And like we we see it because we work in the homeless field, and like it almost feels like some of the things in place are we just don't want to have that someone died because they were freezing on the street on our plate instead of like we need to house someone yes I mean which is it, it it's such like a uh what do you call it what do non-autistic people call those things metaphors um <laughs> where like <laughs> you uh um you you I forgot where I was going with that I totally it, it, lost my thought. Oh, yes. The way that they're getting to it, the reason that they're... Oh, Catch-22. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Yes. I was 100%. like, what is that What is that thing people call metaphors? Catch-22, I think. Um, Where, like, you know, you have an opportunity cost of something, right? So, like, yeah. you do something where you're like, this is good, but also, like, you know, we're doing it with these good intentions, but like it creates these like unintended like consequences that are that are catastrophic. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in the in the early uh, late like 1700s, you know, up until the late 1800 or the early 1900s, really, it was this wave of like institutionalizing. Mm-hmm. Right. And then towards more of like the 1960s 1970s which I'll talk about a little bit after after I talk about the spook stuff um that there is that whole deinstitutionalization movement um where we get like that community care and house mm-hmm. homes and like you know teams that actually like to make sure that people are integrated in their community with supports yeah but for now they're just like we're going to put these people here with the best intentions but in it it was kind of a hot mess like that's for sure so um so like i said uh so poor houses were government run basically like county house run facilities that were like widespread until we had like social security and welfare programs in the 1930s there's an excerpt from the batavia times newspaper which batavia is kind of like right in that area mm-hmm. um it's a very like i would say like okay, very very small towns rural rural town um so december 6th december 6th 1826 <laughs> excerpt from batavia times newspaper notice is hereby given that the genesee county poorhouse will be ready for the reception of paupers on the first day of january 1827 the overseers of the poor of the several towns of the county of genesee are requested in all cases of removal of paupers to the county poorhouse to send them their clothing or to send with them their clothing, beds, bedding, and such other articles belonging to the paupers as may be necessary and useful to them. So what the fuck is a pauper? We'll unpack that a little bit. Um, so basically like a pauper would be like someone who cannot take care of themselves. So orphan child a a widow in a lot of cases someone who's has mental health concerns um someone who has substance use disorder someone who may have an intellectual disability yeah okay um and i hate that but okay yeah and i i thought that was interesting like the the poppers right um it's kind of something you think of when you think of like medieval times or something yeah but like in reality like you know they were still calling uh people um you know quote idiots right up until <laughs> mid 1900s right like and that's basically kind of their blanket term of like people who cannot uh take care of themselves under capitalism um you can send them here with their shit and we're gonna put them in this thing it's gonna be great it's gonna be fine they're gonna be taken care of right i hate that term i i like that 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 term has no there's no reason for me to hate it because like i've never heard it in any other shape or form but for whatever reason it just hits wrong wait you've never heard that word no for real other than like jalapeno poppers, <laughs> like that's the only only so way it's, I've heard it. It's um p a u p e r s. Okay. So like to me, when I hear it, I I think of like I said, like medieval times, like they'd be like and the poppers, like like the nor right the degenerates of society, right? Which obviously these people are not degenerates, and that's a stupid word, but that's like 
was the thing. Okay. Um, so that's cool. Um, so, and at the time, like, you know, another kind of thing about that was that, you know, the government at the time had, like, poor laws, right? So they would look at, like, okay, who's, like, the deserving poor, too, right? Like, who's deserving, kind of, of, of us to take care of them, right? It wasn't, like, every, you know, single person. It was, like, okay, who do, who do we, we think is, like, kind of, like, the deserving poor, right? It is um, so hard for me to not roll my eyes at that, but I know... <laughs> That we live in a different world. It's just so kind of so hard to not roll my eyes at that. I mean, I feel like yes, we live in a different world, but at the same time, like it's just still obviously a theme, like yeah. in our you know whatever twenty twentieth. What are we in the twenty first century? The twenty first century digital Definitely. boy. Definitely twenty first, if not late twenty first. We're, We're not in the twenty second century We're yet. Not in the twenty second. I don't know how <laughs> any of that fucking works. We're in the twenty first century, and want to know how I know? Digital boy, Phil of the don't future. But I got a lot. You don't know familiar. Phil of the future. Oh, oh my god, no. I totally forgot about that. I have not thought about that in oh, forever. Oh no. <laughs> so the government's like. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try to take responsibility for this shit, but like we don't know how to very well, so we're gonna put them in this thing. So they, you know, acquired this old stagecoach in um, Genesee County Poorhouse, um, and they were like, cool. So they had people there with mental health concerns, substance use disorders, uh, people that were low income, uh, people who were convicted of crimes, children who were unaccompanied minors aka what they would call orphans Mm -hmm. right uh widows Mm -hmm. sometimes um who you know their husband died and they didn't have access to anything and they had a bunch of kids um and they just didn't have any capital you know and this place like to me if you kind of look at it on like google maps or something i was like looking in on it and the actual building like when they first had it is really small to me. It almost looks like it, it, it maybe like it, it looks smaller to me, like the original building, than a school, like a school we might see in Buffalo. What is it called again? Uh, Rolling Hills Asylum. Rolling. Now, in 1828, they built an extra like stone, like really long, like stone building off the back of it. Um, and this building is super interesting too. It almost it it looks like a Y kind of. Like to me, and like the front door is like to like a capital Y, and like the front door is like in the middle of like the like the top of the Y. It is exactly what you think of when you think of like when ghost hunters or any of them go to an asylum. That's what it looks like to me. Okay. <laughs> like the whole shape of the building, all of the photos that I'm seeing. This is like the exact replica of what any sort of ghost hunter type show is like looking at yeah so it's like out you know on the corner of this very rural road there's like a huge wooded area behind it so like i said in 1828 they built like a longer kind of stone building on the back of it because they had just so many different people in you know together and they were they were getting in more i almost said clients what we would call clients right me as a social worker would call clients but them they called inmates um everyone across the board they built the new stone building for, and this is a quote, not my words, but a, a quote from um, a uh, document from the time uh, for lunatics, quote, lunatics and a repository for paupers committed for misconduct. So basically what they're saying is they're like putting children in with adults who are mentally not stable. It's not working out so well. And so we're going to put people with mental health concerns and people who have been convicted of crimes or breaking laws in this new part of the building. And even though it's part of the same building, um, we're going to see see how that goes, right? So I'm going to move around in history here a bit. So flash forward to kind of present day. Um, Sharon Coyle is uh, the current owner. She, I got it not that long ago uh, from previous owner. Uh, Lori Carlson had bought it in 2002. It's owned by Sharon Coyle now. Uh, I watched a, a BuzzFeed Unsolved video about 
um, the one of the two guys' names from BuzzFeed Unsolved, but they went in there at night and they were looking for spooks and they saw some really interesting shit. But they interviewed uh, Sharon Coyle and she talked a bit about kind of the the stories that most people or the supernatural forces most people experience there. The first one is uh, Phoebe is a ghost, a spook. And she was one of the first residents and ended up staying there for 58 years. Um, Phoebe likes to scream. Hmm. I'm just going to pause. That's like not okay to me. (laughs) Screaming ghosts are not okay to me. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure exactly why she's screaming. I mean, if I was in this place and called an inmate and put in this with a bunch of other people and probably not given proper attention and care, I would be screaming too. So it makes sense to me. But actually now if you go in, they have like an artist rendition of this screaming ghost. What? And one of the uh, reporters on BuzzFeed Unsolved was like, this is the thing nightmares are made of. And I was like, yes, that yeah. absolutely is. It's um Shane and... Excuse me. Shane and... Yes. Ryan. Shane and Ryan. Yeah. We'll have to post the picture of the screaming ghost. Another really common one is Nurse Emma. I'm sure there were a lot of maybe not thoroughly trained, but, you know, competent <laughs> nurses, right? So you can go in her room and they say that, like, she was German. Like, that was her first language. So if you speak German, she will say something back to you. Ben uh, keeps farting. Yeah, Ben keeps farting. Also, it's I'm going to... so bad. I can tell that he wants to get on the couch, so I'm going to shift around to let him do that. And we're back. So uh, Nurse Emma is... So it's interesting because there were some sources I found that she's like a really mean, nasty ghost. And some I found that she's like a... She's a nice ghost. So, I mean, we're just going to have to kind of go there like for ourselves. But um, in one of the videos I watched, like in her room... So, so just as you're walking through this place, these like long hallways and you can like turn into the, you know, to each room, the rooms are just like a couple feet apart. There's like shit in these rooms. Like there's like these rooms, like a lot, like some of them look like, like someone just left in a hurry and like left their stuff there and never came back. Hmm. Now, I definitely think that a huge part of this is now that it's a touristy place yeah. that like they set it up, but there's shit in there that they are insistent that this was the, how it was when I bought it. Two most recent owners are like, you know, this is how it was when I bought it. And a lot of the stuff I just let, you know, take that as it is. But so in Nurse Emma's room, there's like this chair in a closet and it just has like this nurse's coat hanging on the back of it. And I'm like, that is fucking scary. It was the creepiest, one of the most creepiest things I've ever seen. I feel like there's like a hairbrush like on the dresser. Oh, my God. It is. It is wild. What is it about hair, like old hairbrushes that like I don't there's something about them that just hits home on it makes me it makes me think of that scene in titanic where like they uncover like rose's like old hairbrush and she's like looking at it like who's my hairbrush then it flashes back to her brushing her hair that actually might be why (laughs) that feels like a moment in my life that i probably remember subconsciously one of the greatest movies of all time uh my sister wanted to know, like, is that for real your favorite movie? And my What does that mean? My answer was I think so. And I think the reason is because it's a really good love story. Guys, I'm a hopeless romantic, okay? Like the actual movie is tough to watch because it's so long, but the actual love story in the whole movie. There's of nothing Titanic tough to good. watch about it. It is so long. Listen, oh okay, so with small tangent to To answer that question, like, my favorite genre of films are class struggles and hopeless romantic stories. And when there's a film that can, that combines, like, a, like, meta element of class struggle and love and romance, I love that. My top two favorite movies are Titanic and Across the Universe. They both do that. Also, Across the Universe has amazing soundtracks. Super talented actors, actresses, and musicians on that. Obviously, it is like their Beatles songs, right? Redone. But um, I, you know, there's also, of course, a lot to be said of like the problematic nature of the way that class struggles are portrayed in both films. But sometimes I just like to enjoy it. 
And I like to cheer on for the proletariat. And also, I love seeing people in love. So fight me. Come fight me, viewers. (laughs) Viewers. Why do I keep calling them viewers? Because it feels like they should be viewing us, but... You don't don't view us. But we don't actually want you to view us. This isn't OnlyFans. But, like, should we make an OnlyFans? (laughs) Will you pay us if we do that? Don't tell them that, okay? We're going to get stalkers. We do have a Patreon, by the way, but, like, we're not using it. But if you want to send us money, you can send us money through there. (laughs) We'll get there. Or Venmo. We can Venmo either me or Ariel. We don't have an actual Venmo. We will get there. So uh, another uh, ghost that people, and this is kind of an interesting, kind of a funny story, I guess. Uh, Very helpful, friendly ghost. Uh, His name is Roy. Um, So it's kind of a sad story because Roy apparently, um, you know, he was... He was a human. He was different. Something called gigantism. So it's when your pituitary gland is kind of wild and out and you're really tall and shit. He was like seven feet tall. And, you know, unfortunately, as the story goes, the reason he was there is his parents were embarrassed of him because they were assholes. And if that story is not true, by the way, I'm really sorry to Roy's parents, but that's what's out there. And if and yeah. it, descendants of Roy, if that is incorrect, please message us. Um, but that's that's what's out there. Um, so he spent like most of his life there. And apparently his ghost is very helpful. So and if you like go into his room, there's a bed in there. It's a, like a twin size bed, but it's like it's like 11 feet long. And it's supposedly the original bed that he slept in, which... My first thought was not like, that's wow, that's a long bed. It was like, if I had to sleep on a twin size bed for my whole life, I I don't even want to think about that kind of life. I roll around a lot and I sprawl and like, that's like, that would be prison for me. A twin size bed. I'm about to cry. They had a 130th birthday celebration for Roy last March. Last March. Happy birthday, Roy. Ugh. Happy late birthday. Oh, they love Roy. Roy is like the, he's chilling. He's chill as fuck. Like they, um, basically the rumor is like, if you say, oh, I need help. Like, can you help me? Like you'll hear like these really heavy like footsteps or you'll see this really tall shadow. I'm like, you know, I'm into that. I'm like, Roy, come to my house. Help me with these crows and shit. Help me with my cat. Maybe I not, though. I seriously have tears coming from my eyes. I know. I at couldn't their, even. At his birthday, they sing happy birthday to him in his room with a chorus and then did a spirit box session. Roy? Oh, my God. Roy's my man. Roy, like, if I could date a ghost, I'd probably date Roy. He seems like a stand-up guy. Yeah. Do you have a Tinder, Roy? Roy? Hit me up. But for real, though, I think that is so sweet. I think that's awesome that, like, maybe not a little tangent, but I really do, like, you know, there is that, like, touristy element, of course, but I really do think there's something to be said about, like, honoring a place's, like, history, even if it's uncomfortable history. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, in funny kind of, well... Interesting story. Um, apparently, uh, uh, Sharon Coyle kind of tells a story that when she first bought the place in the early 2000s, she saw a rat in there, which we were talking about rats. In the, um, it was either the beginning of this episode or last episode, but we, we recorded two tonight, so here we are. Um, and so she saw this rat, and she's like, here we go. Oh my god, oh my god, I can't do it, I can't do it. She's freaking out. And so she like runs away screaming because it's a rat. I don't know. What do you expect? You just bought fucking asylum. Yeah. There's a rat in there. Anyway. That's, that's the least of my concern. <laughs> Honestly, like Sharon Coyle seems like a badass bitch, but like, <laughs> come on. I would be the same way. I'd probably scream and run if I saw a rat there. I'd scare the shit out of me for sure. I'm kind of shortening the story. But so she heard some like noises or something and she didn't see the rat anymore. And she like was like, what the fuck? And so like later that day or something, she like went upstairs and she or or just a short while after I can't remember. She found the rat like dead, like bloody and dead on the floor with blood pooled around it and a bloody handprint like eight feet up on the wall what this bloody handprint is still there well it was when uh the buzz buzzfeed unsolved guys went there there's like very like small remnants of it how much is embellished i don't know maybe it is maybe it isn't but i love that story (laughs) so roy 
it, Sharon was like, I'm I'm in love now. And ever since then, like, she just feels like Roy is just like, if you're scared, he will fucking murder for you. Yeah, that's Rats, what it not people. Like. He doesn't murder people. Happy birthday, Roy. Um, <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. Like, that is a man right there. You would murder a rat for me? Just grab it and like, Roy, do you have a Tinder? So that's Roy. I'm hoping that when we go there, we see Roy. Um, uh, He also likes opera music. And if you play opera music for him, apparently, like, you just get this, like... I feel like this might be our first ghost thing. Because I'm really enjoying the story of Roy. And he seems harmless enough that, like, you will actually go through with it. (laughs) Roy is, like, he is... He's on top of it. I need him to come, like, whip my cats into shape because they are just being assholes lately. Roy, can you come help me out, please? One thing that I did notice, though, as I was looking at pictures and reading through people's stories is, like, there's fucking... There's two things that I keep seeing in this place. Pianos and dolls. Ugh. Just just dolls. Just chilling. Like, on the floor. Like, in random places. Why? And these are, like, old-ass porcelain dolls. Like, again, they say, like, these... I was going to say, what kind of, are they the porcelain ones? And you, I didn't have to ask, and mm-hmm. I fucking hate that. Again, they, you know, they say these are, like, the original, which, like, a, the, a lot of sources do say, like, most of the stuff in there, like, they found in there. I think it would be really putting your ass on the line if you, like, had just tried to keep up the story when you actually, like, placed the, put the stuff in there that wasn't there. I feel like that'd be, like, a really hard thing to keep up without someone busting you. So I believe them. But again, like you've seen like abandoned buildings and stuff like so many abandoned buildings. You go and people just leave shit. Yeah, when they leave, leave they just leave shit. So it does not it it would not be a stretch at all for me to be like, this is stuff that was all left here. And they're like, you know, we're just we're going to we're going to leave it and just see what happens. Honestly, that feels like the best policy in my mind. Why take the risk at disturbing something by moving something? Oh, yeah. You know how I feel about objects. That I don't know what the, you know. Yeah. I wouldn't be done. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> happening. <laughs> I think one of the spookier things was like a video I saw where they're going in and they just turn and it's just an empty like closet in one of the rooms with just like a little porcelain doll sitting on the floor. It's like the only thing in the closet. No, thank you. No, thank you. Nope. I'm noping right out of there. And the piano thing too. Piano um, thing is creepy if. The piano starts playing, but if the piano doesn't start playing, it does not mean jack shit to me. Okay. So I had asked some people about this because, you know, obviously we're from, you know, we're in Buffalo. We're from this area. And so I asked people, I'm like, um, you know, I know a lot of uh, people I know have, have been there. Like, what are some of your stories from there? Also, I'd just like to point out that Ariel hid this post I from me so that I couldn't see any of the responses. I realized well, that. Well, it was just so she didn't know what my story was. <laughs> I, I, well, yes. Okay. Now I'm going to unhide it. Woo! <laughs> um, <laughs> so apparently someone had, first of all, heard the screaming ghost. And this is someone I've known for a long time. And usually my friends know not to fuck with me like this. So I'm like, come on. But they kept hearing just like music. It could have been like a, a music box or just just music like playing. And I'm like, oh my God, that that to me is like one of the creepiest things. And maybe it's because I watched um, Hell House on Shudder which there's three movies and they're really, really good. But it's like this haunted old hotel and there's like a piano there and a, like a, a Halloween deck, like a uh, like spooky Halloween uh, decoration, like person okay. sitting at the piano and they just like randomly hear the piano keep playing this like one tune. Oh my God. I'll never forget. I could never get that out of my head. But I'm like, that freaked me out just seeing all the different pianos. But also, I'm like, you know what? Like, if they actually had pianos and musical instruments for residents to uh, play at the time while they were there, that's pretty cool. It is cool. Because I think I would go insane if I, like, didn't have an instrument to play for, like, my whole life for, like, years and years. I would lose my mind. What instruments do you play? Uh, I play guitar, bass. I mean, I play a little bit of keyboards and a little bit of drums. I think I my hesitant answer in response to that is because I agree, but I also, like, haven't touched an instrument in years. 
I don't play much anymore, but if that option was taken from me, especially if I was put in this, like, I agree. <laughs> I think if I the like, option is taken, I think I like the fact scary. that I could if I wanted to. Yes, for sure. And like the fact too that like they don't have like fucking Spotify. No. So you need entertainment or you're going to go absolutely insane, which yeah. is what they labeled these people who I'm quite fairly certain most of them. Yeah, probably um, not. It doesn't, from like your very brief introduction, it does not seem like they were. No, they just needed some support. I'm a lot of support, some a little. Another friend of mine just kind of talked about having like that feelings of like that, um, you know, just like something's watching me or like um, what's over my shoulder, like that heavy feeling yeah. that I was telling you about at the Gorge at Fort Niagara. And you said it was because people were actually watching <laughs> me. And I was like, what? <laughs> ruin it <laughs> so those are some local stories for you cool. a little bit more history um what i found was interesting that it was estimated like the early mid 1800s it cost about a dollar a week per resident to keep in there which wait what year is this from like 1828 to like mm-hmm. like mid 1800s so okay. for that time frame it was like around like it had been around like a dollar a week per resident to keep them there um, which I saw like a couple different estimates of what that might be today, but it's still not very much. And one of the reasons why they're able to do this um, at a pretty cheap rate was because it became pretty much a fully like self-sustaining place. Cool, maybe. Which is cool, but that also meant that people were forced to work, right? You know what they call the able-bodied. So you stay there. You have no choice but to stay there, basically. Or they throw you in prison, right? Where are you going to go? But you have to work. Um, So they had, like, all that, like, woods behind them, the forest. So they had fuel. Like, they would, you know, have to chop down trees, this and that. It was a farm. Basically, they grew food. So they had residents growing food, cooking the food, you know, which is, like, why are they in it? Like, this is not what, this is how people just live. Like, why are they called insane, right? (laughs) Because they're neurodivergent. But basically, the residents made this a self-sustaining development oh cool it's awesome if they had the autonomy to decide whether or not they wanted to be there right so it's something that was kind of wonky that people think is kind of spooky but it's like yeah of course they would be doing this but they made coffins um Mm -hmm. was something that they made there um many of them were for the residents that died there yeah and any leftover coffins would be like sold to neighboring towns or whatever right Um, Because they had a lot of wood there. So like I had said before, the Genesee County Forest is there. Um, It got designated as one of the the first first county forests in the state. Or designated as like the first official county forest in the state, apparently. And the superintendent of the Rolling Hills Assignment. Assignment. The Rolling (laughs) Hills Asylum. This is my assignment right now. I understood the assignment. So the superintendent of the building had the, you know, residents or inmates as they called them, just plant like hundreds of pine trees too that are still standing today. Is that creepy? Is it not creepy? It's kind of both, I feel like. To be able to go and like touch a tree that one of the residents like planted. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, it's kind of cool. It's super interesting. Um, So like I said, like they would make be making coffins and they had to. Uh, they have about 1,700 people listed that died there. Gosh. Um, there's a lot of speculation about like, are the were the graves marked? Were they unmarked? Like, how many people are actually buried there? And there's like differing stories on everything. There's some stories of uh people seeing like tombstones that would be there one minute and then not there the next, which is no thank you, nope. I always wish that something like that would happen to me, but I know that if it did happen to me I would be like oh shit I am not sleeping for five years I would never sleep again I like I think I might have talked about this on the first episode but when I was a child whether or not it's because I uh, have witchy powers or PTSD or both my like experiences of dead people or spirits around me that I worked so hard to get over that if I go there and I see a tombstone there one minute and gone the next that's gonna unravel like 20 years of work I've done 
So I hope that does not happen when we're there. Yeah. <laughs> because that's going to just put me right back to square one. But that feels like a tough one to take in. I don't know why, but it does. Right? It's so, it's so. It wouldn't surprise me that, like, you know, this is a very rural area, too. Even that, like, even now, it's not a wealthy area or affluent. It wasn't then. And what are you going to do? This person has no family. What are you going to do, right, with them? Yeah. Um, do you mark their grave? Do you put them in a mass grave? Like, and, and who's digging the graves, too? Because you know damn well they had the residents dig them. So yeah. if I was a resident there, uh, to be honest, I'd be like, <laughs> just have like a man like do i have to dig keep digging every single grave um i feel like you're not on good pod at all um i have i've been in a lot of engagement groups for podcasts and so part of that is on good pods but my friend jason who i talk about with his own podcast um he (laughs) on the episode where we talked about digging grave he left a rating and comment on it that was just let's just wait graves. Where we talked about digging graves? Yeah. On the, oh, I remember that. On, on my episode with Ed Gein. Um, but he, <laughs> his rating and comment on that one was, let's just dig graves around Buffalo with no explanation. Start a real wave of terror. <laughs> okay, listen. So <laughs> I love that idea. Um, <laughs> I feel like... I there's see I feel like that would just it would just go too far it would just end up going so far with me (laughs) because it would (laughs) it would start out that we're just digging graves to start a wave of terror but then it would just it would just grow into like we have to take a picture of me in the grave and you in the grave (laughs) and then just post it with like no uh no context no 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 explanation (laughs) and like I would feel like I would have too much fun with this and I would be found out and then it would, I would get called into my boss's office Yeah, and it'd be like, what the hell are you doing? So we're going to need to talk about this. Um, <laughs> or I'd be like, you know, trying to like develop new partnerships at work and I'd be like talking to like, you know, a, a director of some agency and it'd be like, oh yeah, I saw you in that grave on like <laughs> Elmwood the other day. What were you doing? What was that? And I'd be like, that wasn't me. Wasn't me. And she got me in the grave. Wasn't me. Saw me digging it up at night. Wasn't me. <laughs> okay, this is getting out of control. <laughs> All right. We're going to need to like return to that. We're going to need to have like a whole episode on that, I feel like, um, after we dig all the graves. So. He'll help us. I don't want to trigger anyone, though. <laughs> so. We're always looking for new ways to and, and before, exercise. And before like I, before I get yelled at about triggering people, yes, I have. Uh, death related uh, have been diagnosed with death related PTSD so it's kind of a coping mechanism as well as it's just like kind of funny so don't come at me so they made coffins and they were burying burying graves they were digging graves they were burying Mm -hmm. lord knows what they think there's probably more than 1700 people but like you know over it's like you know 100 years or whatever in over 100 years you know in use like Still, like when you look at the building, it looks small to me. I actually found a 3D model of this building online, and I'll put that in the source notes too. And I'm looking at it, and I'm just like, holy God. How long were they operating for? Do you know that? So it was uh, 1826. It closed officially and officially in 1974. I mean, that's a pretty long time. Right? Wow. And towards the end, like, more towards the late 1800s into, like, the 1970s, it was kind of, like, more of, uh, they started turning it into what I read as a um, nursing home, right? Or what we might think of as that. Um, So it's been, it was operating for a while. So now to the festive shit. Turns out this is a Christmas story. Kind of. So like I said in the beginning, there were a lot of children there. 
children that didn't have parents, right, or they didn't have family to take care of them, orphans. And these kids, like, they, they still want to celebrate Christmas, right? The magic of Christmas, okay? This is a Christmas story, right? The Christmas room. So there is a, a room uh, if you go uh, to Rolling Hills Asylum uh, and you are brave enough to go down into the basement, you will find the Christmas room. So this room was a room where kids would get to meet Santa, which I really need to know who the fuck they dressed up as Santa for this because I am not okay. Like, which, like, poor soul, he's like, oh, I gotta, he's getting out of bed, his alarm goes off, he's like, oh, honey, I gotta be Santa today. <laughs> there is Do so... you think Roy ever was Santa? Oh. That would be so cute. Maybe. I, I mean, he I... was freaking huge, right? So, like, that would probably draw in a lot of imagination and things that, like, a lot of other Santas wouldn't draw in. So, the Christmas room. So... As the story goes, like, when they ended up, you know, getting this this place um, to open it up for visitors, um, uh, this Christmas room in the basement was still decorated. Like, the Christmas tree, like, you can see pictures of it online. They had the Christmas tree there, toys and shit. Like, I just can't get over how it's in the basement, but we're just going to move past that. It's in the basement. Um, But it's like, where are they going to put it? Like, where are they going to put it there? So as the story goes, like, if you go down there, you can find Ben the Husky. Um, You can uh, sometimes toys will, like, move, right, on their own. Um, Some people have gone down there with, like, the, um, you know, voice recognizer, like, kind of picking up like children's like laughter voices um right something's (laughs) something spectacular about hearing um ghost children's voices and i had in my notes toys still in there why (laughs) but it's just like they they showed up from uh i think one of honestly one of the best videos i saw was from buzzfeed unsolved and They put like a um, it was actually a stuffed dog that had like a receiver on it that could tell it it would basically if you touched it or moved in front of it, it would beep or it would light up and it wouldn't do it while they were in the room and they like tested it out. But once they left, it was like going off like crazy, like little kid ghosts were like playing with it or walking near it, touching it. And they're obviously very shy children ghosts because they wouldn't do it unless someone was in there. Right. But. This is a Christmas story. This makes this a Christmas story. I was like, I need to do a Christmassy holiday story. And it was like the Christmas room at Rolling Hills Asylum. I'm like, damn, okay. I love it. <laughs> like, did, did they say what like type of toys were left in there? Um, from what I saw, there was like a old like wooden scooter looking thing, some more dolls. Like the scooter is something that people see move all the time, which it is on wheels, but like it is kind of creepy if it's just yeah, moving back and it's forth. It's still creepy. Um, so we can go in the Christmas room, um, which is up all year round. Okay. And see if we can, you know, kind of, um, we, we might dress up as Santa. I don't fucking know. That would be weird, but. Well, so since we. Shadow hallway. So there's a really long, like in like the stone, like the stone edition that was built on in 1828. There's like a very long hallway and according to a lot of people like it's very shadowy (laughs) so um (laughs) but the creepiest part about it is like you don't see like like sometimes you see like a whole like person shadow but what makes it so weird is that you see like arms and legs sticking out of rooms Mm. and i'm like no okay i not know that i don't agree but know that i'm just noping the fuck out yeah seriously I have a new request from our listeners. If you want to send us $400 so we can get a GoPro to attach to ourselves <laughs> while we go do these things, then, like, let me know. We're keeping our shirts on, though, this time. <laughs> 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 then there will definitely be some arms to get out of those rooms. I didn't come across a story where someone was like grabbed by any of these arm shadows, but like normally that's what you hear. They would say like, "Oh yeah, you feel someone like maybe touch you or something," okay. but it didn't seem like these 
it's just like visual just stuff more yeah. like that people are seeing, which is interesting. So that's like one of the last like major like creepy things that like everyone kind of says like, holy fuck about. So a little connection to Buffalo, sort of. Well, this is close to Buffalo. But in 1887, their board there was like, you know, we think that, quote, um, or, well, this was a, a quote from a, a history article that I, fi- I found that I'll put in the source notes. But um, they said, persons suffering with acute insanity, um, they sent them to the Buffalo State Asylum. Uh, which is definitely something that we will talk about. Um, I was a, I am a Buffalo State alumni. Same. Um, when I graduated, twenty twelve with my undergraduate. I was twenty fourteen. Um, and I'm pretty sure I am in their like hundredth or hundred fiftieth or whatever thing. They did like a memoir thing, and they called oh, me to that. interview me, and I actually like answered it. And <laughs> I never answered those questions. And like gave verbal permission for them to post whatever I wrote. So I don't actually know what I said anymore, but we'll see. Do any of us remember of anything we said in undergrad? I freaking don't. Maybe a couple things. I did a lot in undergrad though. It was fun. I really do remember. It was it's the weekends, I don't remember. But the the asylum there is beautiful. Yes, the Richardson complex they call it. And I have a note here, like, should do this story. Um, That was built in 1870, actually, the Buffalo State Asylum. And it was, like, one of the pioneering, like, places uh, in the country that before something that we call trauma-informed care now and just the realization that the way a physical structure is built has an impact on the residents or the people's, like, mental health. And that is called uh, Thomas Kirkbride actually was uh, someone who sort of led that, um, uh, you know, was a designer architect that like led that movement and designed a lot of the Buffalo State Asylum. Either way, they were like, yo, we think that people who are having mental health concerns could be better served elsewhere. So we're going to ship them. They shipped them other places across the state to Buffalo State Asylum, Richardson Complex, basically people who were just so severe severely like mentally ill that they were like they need a higher level of care as we would say as one would say yeah as a social worker they there was a a facility built in batavia which is very close to that area that they send them to as well basically you know it went on with still having like you know orphans and widows and uh it was just people who like needed that extra support but they just it, it, in the community, they were, like, ostracized. Yeah. In 1974, it was, like, officially closed as, like, a place of care. They had been uh, using it, from what I've read, uh, there isn't a lot about it, but um, type of a nursing home, more for, like, elderly. Okay. Like I had said, in, like, the 1930s, they started, you know, making it more so, like, the federal government will provide for people who are elderly um, or people who can't work. Basically, these institutions were less, like, they didn't need, well, I don't think they ever really needed to be used, but, like, in a, like, financially, like, they weren't as necessary anymore. And so that leads me to, like, my last ghost, uh, Hattie, so Hattie, uh, and I don't know if I want to come across Hattie or I don't, but <laughs> she was an older, like an elderly woman. Um, she had been there for her whole life. Uh, she became blind um, in her older age due to like a condition. So when you walk through the halls, sometimes you can hear her screaming for help because all she would do all day long is like, nurse nurse can I have some help can I have some help and I didn't find anything like people kind of spoke about it more as in with like levity like rather than like I'm screaming for help because I'm dying but more like like I need this I need that I need this I need that and I just love the name Hattie too because come on now I feel like maybe that might be the ghost that I would be most comfortable hanging out with there I'm intrigued to go there at this point. This feels like a safe start to our joint ghost journey together. I am super excited. I've had friends go there, um, and I'm always like, Shit, I always miss like the the day like they the have like they have like stuff, a couple yeah. like events over the fall. 
so then in in 2002 was bought by uh, Lori Carlson um, and now it's owned by a woman by the name of Sharon Poyle and basically it's used as like they have events um, you know they just honor kind of the history of it you know people come there just for like a good old scare and just yep. also just to learn about the history of it and I think that you know it can be fun but it's also good to um just kind of like remember and think about like where we used to be in you know treating people with mental illness and things like that and and while I was um like like looking through the story and something I've always thought about is like why is it it's always like these very specific things right that are haunted right um it's like asylums every asylum is haunted right or like hospitals or like this or that or um you know, Indian burial grounds or something. And I came across a book that actually I'm like, oh my God, I, I like totally bought this book and I'm excited to read it. Um, but it's called Ghostland and American History and Haunted Places uh, by Colin Dickey. And like in the book, he basically talks about um, how, you know, there are certain places and types of places that people feel are haunted or they see like the paranormal, paranormal. Um, like how many like asylums like you can't go to an to an old building that used to be you know a poorhouse or asylum without being like it's totally haunted and he talked about how like he theorizes that a lot of it comes from just that anxiety about like unsettled issues from the past and like kind of to put it in my own words I feel like it's our like collective guilt over social injustices and it, it made me think about something that we talked about I think in like whatever one of our last episodes where you were talking about how you feel like ghosts haunt a place because they have this unfinished business right and the way you know that this author and the way that I feel like makes sense to me too is like maybe it's not that that there's ghosts that have unfinished business but it's like we as a as a society as like a collective consciousness have unfinished business or unresolved guilt about these social injustices that happened because it was awful they would say people are poor we don't want to see them like people are mentally ill we don't want to deal with them we're going to put them in these these tight cramped quarters people die of tuberculosis like people don't get the care they need People end up screaming in the afterlife. Like, it was bad. We know the horrors of that. Uh, someone by the name of Dorothea Dix, right, if you're familiar, um, kind of started leading the crusade um, to help people that were suffering mental illness that were basically treated like shit and just kind of thrown into these asylums. Yeah. And conditions... Uh, started to really improve in like the mid to late 1800s into the early 1800s like the buffalo state asylum follows what we call the kirkbride plan um from thomas kirkbride who was kind of to me a founder in that sort of recognizing something we take for granted now especially in the field of like social work homelessness services is that a person's like physical environment has a lot of effect on like their mental state. Yep. Um, so how can we make these places um, more like accommodating and a place where people can be like rehabilitated or people can be helped to be, yep. to improve, right? We really saw this deinstitutionalization movement in the 70s, um, whereas now like we don't see people in asylums anymore, right? Uh, we see them living in apartments, in the communities, having that caseworkers and people that go out to basically help them like integrate into the community. Yep. But I just thought that was like, I don't know. I, I Those were just some of my like thoughts that I was thinking when, when thinking about this because I'm like, what is this like fascination with asylum? And what does that mean? And why is it that the asylum's haunted? But like that parking lot over there is not haunted, right? Right. Wait for my essay. I I need to like have like a corresponding blog for like my essays that just come after each episode. But we are Rust Belt Baggage and we say come unpack with us. So we unpack. Ben agrees with me. (laughs) Uh. 
just love it. Ben has a lot to unpack, too. He really does. I think that is Ben's way of saying, you guys are done. We done. I mean, we... We are Rust Belt Baggage. Thank you for unpacking with us. Thanks for unpacking with us. You can find us anywhere you listen to your podcast. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.